Here's another rule we can extract from Roger's model activities. I call it milking the activity. It's useful to think of effective cognitive activities, whether they're virtual or face-to-face, as having three important phases. One is advanced preparation. Two is the event or activity itself. And then three is the afterglow of the event. To get the most benefit from the activity, you should milk each of these phases. Squeeze all of the beneficial juice you can out of the advanced time, the duration of the event itself, and the period after the event when people are still energized and feeling positive about it. Let's look at the advanced preparation phase. Most activities and events that you're going to do will require some advanced planning. You can use this advanced time not only for your own preparation, but just as important to build anticipation and involvement within the community. Consider the preparation time as an integral aspect of cognitive engagement. Recognize that anticipation alone has a positive effect on our cognitive well-being as well as on the ultimate success of the activity. Much of the pleasure we derive from an activity resides in the anticipation of the pleasure we expect to feel in the future. We look forward to an event and get a little neurosquirt of dopamine. I'll explain more about the neurochemistry of a cognitive activity in a minute. But an extended preparation time will give you uh, your chance to motivate participation, and it will increase the chances of getting robust and enthusiastic participation from the community. So develop a strategy, complete with tactics and a time sequence, for each of the three phases, including the advanced phase. Design a strategy that enables you to milk the advanced planning stage to get the full benefit out of it. The second phase, of course, is the activity itself, or the event itself. We have already discussed how to milk the actual event or activity by starting with a concrete focus on one person and then expanding to increasingly broad levels of the community. Here's a a creative exercise for you. Take a look at one of the case histories and dissect it from the following perspectives. People activities, environments, cognition, sensory stimulation. How did the drag race activity, for example, involve members of the ALF community and even the broader community? How did people involve themselves with the the planning and the implementation of the event? How did the activity make creative use of the environment? How did the activity make use of multiple sensory stimulants? How is the activity cognitively stimulating? For a virtual activity, you would need to think through how to include a range of possibly virtual environments into the activity. Like the game of Clue, your activity might include each participant making a guess about a certain person doing a certain activity in a specific environment within your community. There was an intergenerational component of the the drag race as well. Keep in mind that young people are often much more comfortable with virtual communication than our folks who didn't grow up in the digital age. 
Children are out of school now, and parents are searching for ways to keep them engaged and active. Residents might be able to provide story time for younger children, reading books over the phone or on FaceTime or Zoom. Teenagers might be enlisted to get your residents up to speed on digital technologies. They could serve as technical consultants who are willing to take calls from your residents when they have questions about their computers, their iPhones, iPads, or how to use the latest communication apps. In the process, there might be some wonderful intergenerational bonding that takes place. Then there is the afterglow phase. Now, the original intent of the drag race activity was to pull Carl out of his self-imposed isolation and to reverse his gradual withdrawal. The activity was successful at jump-starting Carl's brain. We will discuss the concept of jump-starting stalled brains later in the, in the training. Carl came out of his shell, became more interactive with others in the community, he joined one of Roger's ongoing memorobics classes, so the activity was successful on that level. But there's an important point here. Once you have jump-started someone's brain, you have to have mechanisms in place for them to re-engage with the community. Roger had his memorobics classes that met on a regular basis. You gradually need to develop a full portfolio of virtual activities that people can join as they come out of their shells and keep themselves engaged. To milk the afterglow phase, you will need to extend and prolong the positive feelings and camaraderie that was generated by the activity. You can also plan follow-up activities that use the momentum of the initial activity and take it a step further, two steps further, three steps further. We recommend ongoing brain health and qualongevity classes that are a great next step for anyone, like Carl, who has had his brain jump-started. Classes and activities that continue to focus on promoting brain health and mental flexibility will keep Carl's brain and mind in good shape. Following the principle of all for one, the beneficial impact of the drag race activity or any other activity should extend well beyond the target participant. Everyone in the community got involved and enjoyed pleasurable stimulation of their bodies, brains, and minds. So it's important to figure out how to maintain and sustain the gains that you have made.